I think Golden State's front office just made a decision that will have ramifications on the rest of their season. So the Warriors lost to the Clippers the other night, 121 to 116 in overtime. And at one point on the sidelines, Draymond Green and Kevin Durant got into a heated exchange over the fact that Green grabbed the rebound late in the game. Durant clapped his hands together, demanded the ball. Green ignored him, went down court and turned the ball over. And Durant let him know he was not happy with it. Green came back at him. They were yelling back and forth. Then Green wouldn't let it go. They lose the game. And again, like I said, that happens. Teammates in the heat of battle are going to go at it in all pro sports. That just happens from time to time. You get caught up in the moment. But when you go back into the locker room and Draymond Green hasn't let it go, he's still ranting about it. He's yelling profanities at Kevin Durant, calling Kevin Durant out of his name and disrespecting him in front of teammates and reporters. That's a problem. It's an even bigger problem, though, I think, the way Warriors management handled it. Yes, you had to do something. But in suspending Draymond Green without pay for one game, on the surface, it goes, okay, so Draymond was out of line. He was getting carried away. He wouldn't let it go. And he he kept going at KD. So we had to do something. What they think the decision that they came to in terms of the discipline, it makes sense. But if you're Draymond Green, the way you see things is they're picking that dude over me. They're picking KD over me. They're making a decision. And I don't think Warriors management realize what they've just done. They made a decision. And if you know who Draymond Green is, if you know how he is, that's not going to sit with him. I'm not saying the the Warriors are going to suddenly lose 35 games. And let's be realistic. This is the NBA. As great as they are, and we know they're the favorites to three-peat, they're going to lose at least 17 more times. They're going to lose 20 games at least total for the year, if not more. But I think this is going to send ripples throughout that roster. Think about what's going on. Remember, KD is going to be a free agent. And everybody knows it's not a lock he returns to the Warriors. So when you've got Draymond coming at him, cursing, disrespecting him, and then not letting it go and still ranting on and on in the locker room, everybody knows that Kevin Durant is super sensitive. Everybody knows KD's got rabid ears. So while he might not say nothing else about the incident, if you know Kevin Durant, you know he's not going to forget that. You know he's not going to let that go. You know, somehow that might very well. Matter of fact, not might. It will factor into his decision in free agency. And Warriors management knows that as well, which is why they had to do something they didn't want to do. When they suspended Draymond Green, they did that for Kevin Durant's benefit. That was their way of saying, KD, we choose you. And look, Draymond Green is a terrific player. He's a proven champion. He's a legitimate winner. Three-time NBA champion. Three-time NBA All-Star. He's made all-NBA defense four times, all-NBA defense first team three times. 
He's won defensive player of the year. He even led the league in steals in 2017. He is a terrific player. And I disagree with anyone who says that Draymond Green is just a role player. He is much more than a role player. He is a legitimate star. Now, not a superstar and not someone that can carry a team, but he's a high. He's a next level, next level complimentary star. He's a jack of all trades. He fits what the Warriors do to perfection. And I disagree with anyone that says he could only play in that system. I think he can play well in other systems, but they would have to be very similar to what Golden State does. His gift of what he does on both ends of the floor, it's not nearly as impactful if he doesn't have the skilled players around him so that that so that he's able to do what he does. And it works with everybody on that team. If there's no Steph, Clay and KD aren't freed up as much. If there's no KD, the guy that can just take everybody off the bounce and it's just a matchup nightmare. Steph, Clay, and others wouldn't get the looks that they get. They all complement each other. Their skill sets blend to perfection. It's why they're on the verge of a three-peat. It's why they've won three titles already, KD too. But you know how this works in all sports. Dynasties come to an end. And how do dynasties come to an end? It's a combination of ego, money, age, injury. It's usually a combination of a couple of those things. Sometimes you get the perfect storm and it's all those things. But rarely do dynasties end by another team just stepping up and putting it into it. More times than not, dynasties end from within. And I think that KD's pending free agency has always kind of been in the background. Warriors management came into this season Of course, they're aware of it, but what they didn't want to do is make it an issue every day. They didn't want to make it a daily topic. They wanted to go through the season, be on point, be about the mission of trying to three-peat, and still letting Durant know at the same time how much they very much want to resign him and make him a part of their long-term future. But with what's happened over the last 24 hours, now you have to look at Draymond Green. Remember, KD's a free agent. Clay's going to opt out also next year. And Draymond has two years left on his deal. That's this season and next season. And you know how players are in the NBA. When they're in the last year of their deal, especially in, a guy, in the case of a guy like Draymond, who doesn't have a player option, you start negotiating in that last year. You start talking and expecting the team to offer you an extension. So KD and Clay aren't the only Warriors in play. Draymond Green's long-term future is in play. He also wants his money. And as valuable as he is, given the choice between Draymond Green and Kevin Durant, the Warriors management made the right choice. You're going to choose KD all day, every day. He's just a better player. It's not even close. We're talking about a legitimate superstar who can do anything on the floor offensively one of the greatest scores of all time he's balanced his game out by becoming one of the better defenders in the league why would you ever take a talented hard-working guy like Draymond and he's impactful he matters great teammate you're not going to take Draymond Green 
over Kevin Durant. I don't know how the Warriors management balanced this out. This suspension, you know, Draymond Green, the next time he gets in front of a mic, he might talk in a calm voice, but he's going to speak on it. Or he might talk in a voice that's not so calm. In the big picture, I think this blow up, this is more than just they're just two competitors who really want to win very bad. So they got up in each other's face and it was heated and happens all the time. Water under the bridge. It's a wrap. Nothing to worry about. I don't believe that at all. I think this suspension in the long run is going to escalate. I'm not talking about in terms of them getting into a fight or some kind of drama that spills into the media. But I think this is something that can linger within the locker room. That's going to be a problem. That's going to give Steve Kerr nightmares. I'm not saying that Warriors aren't the favorites to win the titles. But what I am saying is. These are the type of things that end dynasties. But that's what the NBA does. Of the three major sports, they provide us fans with the best action. And for a bonus, they give us the best drama. We came into this season with the Jimmy Butler drama. We thought that was resolved once he went to Philly. So guess what happens? Then there's Carmelo Anthony drama. Now it's the Rockets don't want Melo, but then they say they're going to keep Melo. But now it's Melo and his team searching for new teams to join. The latest rumor, Melo to join Jimmy Buckets in Philly. How can you not love NBA drama? More importantly, the NBA rumor mill. So let me guess. Then the next drama will be the Wizards because they have every right to have drama. Or maybe the next drama will be the Celtics because they haven't been as good as everybody expected them to be. They haven't looked like anything close to the team they were at the end of last year. Or there's the current drama right now with Golden State, courtesy of Draymond Green and KD. Here we are, the defending champions cruising along at 11 and 3, they're playing the Hawks tonight, so I expect they'll be 12 and 3 when it's all said and done. What can trip up a dynasty? Like I said, usually it's the dynasty itself, it's from within. Can this be rectified? Of course it could. Look, they don't have to be the best of friends to be on mission to win this title to 3P. This is about legacy and greatness. And dynasties only last but so long. Sometimes you just get too old. And again, money does come into the equation. So while you're together, you max this out. This may very well be the last time these guys are teammates, even if there wasn't this kind of drama, because Durant may want to move on to establish his legacy even more. That's not a secret. That's like one of the worst kept secrets in the NBA, that KD wants to build up his career resume some more. Not shocking. But I do think there are going to be ramifications from this drama. There are also there's the constant Laker drama. Look, I shouldn't call it Laker drama. Maybe we should just say LeBron drama. As great a player as he is. He does come with some drama. He can be a little high maintenance. He's the master of the passive aggressive statement. You know what? What fan doesn't know that LeBron James at some point in time is going to make a statement vague or some kind of statement where he says 
Well, I almost lost my mind. I almost cracked. He made that statement just the other day. We're just 13 games into the season. And before the season started, like Magic, you was on board with the idea that it's going to take time, that it requires patience. You're playing with guys 20, 21, 22 years old. Even the veterans that you had come aboard, this is the first time you've had them as teammates. Chemistry will be an issue. Personalities, skill sets missing. That all matters. That takes time. That requires a commitment from the players, from the coaches, and more importantly, from your very best player. You can't say or complain about what you almost did or how you're on the verge of snapping or cracking and then turn around and say, yeah, it's about being patient. If it's about being patient and you know that, then stop running your mouth to the media about how you're about to snap or lose your mind or, or tell them stuff like, well, if we lose, you know how I am. If I get impatient, you ain't going to want to be around. Stop running your mouth, man. Like I, I've said this about LeBron all the time on social issues. Speak up, fam. Keep talking. As much as you want, 24 7, 365. But on basketball issues, yo, know, if it's not directly about the team within the team, stop running your, your mouth so much to the media about your feelings. Keep it moving. One more thing on Melo. I said three years ago, his legs were shot. You could see it. He had lost athleticism, he'd lost lateral quickness. And he couldn't take people off the dribble like he was once able to do early in his career. But what do veterans players do? They adjust. So what did Melo do? He started getting in the post more and found ways to create offense by getting to the foul line. Even his last two years with the Knicks, Melo averaged 22 points a game, but he got to the foul line almost six times per game. So you can know sports and still be wrong. Listen to Shannon Sharp describe what Melo has been in his eyes the last couple of seasons. Carmelo Anthony is a volume shooter, needs the ball, plays with his back to the basket. No, no, Shannon, he doesn't. He is a volume shooter, or at least he had been in his time in New York and in most places. That's true. But he doesn't play with his back to the basket. He hasn't played to his back to the basket since he left New York. When he went to the Thunder, he got 15 shots per game. Of his 15 shots, six of them were from behind the arc. He got to the foul line two times per game. They didn't play him in the post, which is something that I said, if you're going to bring in a guy whose legs are gone, who can't run, the one thing you can't do is have him out on the perimeter shooting 28-footers or 23-footers. His legs are gone. But you can play in the post because in the post, you don't need athleticism to be effective. You need footwork. And if you've seen Melo play, he actually has a nice post game. Think what Larry Johnson did when his athleticism was gone. He refined his game even at 6'6 and developed a nice post game. Melo's 6'8", 245 pounds. Why would you not put him in the post or at least get him into the mid elbow so he can operate from inside the arc and be a more effective player? I thought that's what the Rockets would do. But he goes to Houston and what happens? He gets 12 shots a game with the Rockets. Half of his 12 shots are from behind the arc. He shoots six threes per game. He gets to the foul line 
not surprisingly, two times per game. The Rockets are using him the exact same way OKC did. If the Sixers are serious about bringing in Carmelo Anthony or any other team for that matter, if your plan is for him to sit around the arc and be a catch-and-shoot three-pointer, three-point guy, if you think that Carmelo's that kind of shooter and that's your plan, then don't waste your time. He's not that dude. He's a scorer. He's a streak shooter, but he is a scorer. You put him out there behind the arc and expect him to shoot like Cal Corver or Dale Ellis or Ray Allen or anybody like that, and you're mistaken. If that's the future for Carmelo, where everybody wants him to be a catch-and-shoot three-point guy, then he should go ahead and retire right now. Shout-out to Karis LeVert from the Brooklyn Nets. He's one of those players that I've just been a fan of ever since he came out into the league. I watched him in his rookie year with the Nets when he averaged eight points a game, how he improved off of that rookie year and averaged 12 points a game in his second season, and what he's done to himself by building up his body and getting stronger and averaging 18 points a game the first 14 games of this season, shooting over 47% on the season. He really reminded me when I watched him how he improved over time. He reminded me a lot of a young Jimmy Butler. Get strong, man. Come back strong. Uh, Best of luck. Nothing but thoughts and prayers go out to you, fam. You're just one of my favorite players. I know everybody out there is rooting for you. Uh, Get healthy. Facebook fam, I did not do Facebook responses today. I owe you. Yes, I know you're going to say he's getting behind again. Not really. I got this. We're going to be good. It's the Cypher next time.